what is it about the environment, the relationships that you're in? When you sit with yourself, do you feel safe in that moment? Do you feel comfortable with who you are? Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to episode 155 of the Biohacker Babes. My name is Lauren, tuning in from Maryland today, joined by my sister Renee Bells. Hello, Renee. Bells. Hello. Good to yes. see you. It is wonderful to see you too. And wonderful to see our good friend Dasha, who is back on the podcast. This is technically her third time. No, I guess second meeting, but third episode. Yep. Yeah. She joined us before for a fascinating conversation about brain health. She has suffered many concussions. So she knows lots and lots and lots about the brain, but also just women's health. She's a really great practitioner in that arena. So made this conversation super easy and fun for us. Yeah. I really love chatting with her. I think her I've always loved her perspective on women's health. I think that's how we originally connected and just mm-hmm. the amazing journey that she's personally been through. I think it really allows her to help so many other women. So always great to chat with her. I'm really excited for you guys and your retreat coming up. Oh, yes. I just spilled the beans. <laughs> Whoops. Yes. So that was the motivation behind bringing her on the podcast. We wanted to share with you the retreat that we are co-hosting this October in the Dominican Republic. So just a quick little one-on-one about the retreat. It is October 26th through the 30th in the Dominican Republic where Dasha now lives. And it is for women only, sorry men, but we wanted to create a really safe and empowered container for females. So if you are a male listening and you have a female in your life that you want to support on her biohacking journey, send her, please. And for our women out there, this is a movement exploration workshop. It is titled Come Home to Your Body. Dasha has started a series of women's retreats in the DR, but this one that I am co-hosting with her is more about the physical body. So somatic practices, addressing little T trauma, looking at health, stress, tension, past events, current events are are living in your tissues. It gets stuck. So we're going to explore how that's showing up in our posture, the way we move, the way we walk into a room, how we feel when we exercise. It could show up as movement dysfunctions. The list goes on and on, but we're going to do some curious, fun, playful, creative exploration of the human body so that you can feel more confident, more energized, less painful. I was going to say pain-free, less of the pain, and also just enjoy a really amazing time in the Dominican. How about that? Yeah. The photos look incredible. So beautiful. Yeah. So dipping my toe in the water with retreats. And that means that then Renee and I will run, run a retreat very soon after. Yes. 2023 is the goal. Yeah. All right. Here's a little bit more about Dasha. If you are not familiar with her, Dasha worked nine years in the cutthroat business of mergers and acquisitions, suffered and healed herself from six concussions and hormonal imbalance, 
co-founded Europe's largest health conference and moved to a new country during this pandemic. She is the definition of resilience. After witnessing the impact of her brain injury on her physical and emotional body, she became fascinated with the power of electromagnetism, light, sound, and vibration as healers. She uses these in her work to help her clients get back to a feeling of safety so that the rest of their health regimen, good food, exercise, and supplements can work better. She is based out of the Dominican Republic, where she runs biohacking retreats dedicated to women. Each retreat is co-hosted with another specialist and involves five days of learning, practice, trying new biohacking technology and tools, and unwinding from the stress-filled sympathetic lifestyle that we all lead. Her goal is to grow your toolkit so you have the ability to cope with that stress when you come back home. The next retreat will be October 26th through the 30th. Oh, all the good things I just mentioned, co-hosted by me, Lauren. Come join us. Learn about the retreats, the online women's biohacking community, and the upcoming women's biohacking course at wealth.community. You can reach out to Dasha for one-on-one consults or inquiries at Dasha at wealth.community. Wealth.co is her website. That's the women's health initiative that she started. So more to come on that. Amazing. Let's go ahead and bring her on. Alrighty. Dasha, welcome back to the podcast. That's fun to say. Hello, hello, ladies. Well, good to be back. Yes. So if you did not hear our previous episodes, there were two of them. We did a two-part series with Dasha. Oh gosh. Was that two years ago? 2020. 2020. Right at the start of the pandemic, we talked about brain health for women. It was fascinating. You have such an extensive history in working with women specifically and brain health, your own experience with concussions. And so we're just so happy to bring you back here today. And the motivation is that we are running a retreat together in the Dominican Republic. You're currently living in the DR. So today you're in Boston where your parents Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to just tell everyone what is so magical about the DR. Why did you move there? Why did you start these women's only retreats. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity, ladies. Um, if you do happen to hear background noise is because my house is being completely remodeled and all that. I'll try and mute it, but just heads up for anybody listening. (laughs) Um, so Dominican Republic, oof, it is a extremely special place. It is a little Island, um, probably, I don't even know how many miles, but just south of Florida. Uh, it shares, is an island that's half Dominican Republic, half Haiti. And where I have moved to is a place called Cabarete, which is in the north. And it has 300 days of sun, 300 days of wind. I went down there for kite surfing and I ended up staying because of the community. It reminded me of Sedona meets Tulum, if you will. Ooh. So there, there's nature, there's healers there's a community of people who are who support each other who are interested in growing and not and interested in health holistically right not just the air quotes woo woo side of things but also how do we bring in uh, the latest technology as well so i ended up staying and i started inviting some friends to come down during the pandemic and every single time they'd come down within 24 to 48 hours, I would just see the stress that had built up in their shoulders. You know how most of us have our shoulders up to our ears. It just kind of like melted away. It was so beautiful. And it, it was just being in that area. And they say that Cabarete has a vortex similar to Sedona. I don't know if that's true. I haven't confirmed or denied that, but I know that anytime people come down there, 
very quickly they they feel healthier. They feel better. Could it be the water? Could it be the food? Could it be the people? I don't really know, but it's probably a combination of all three. So we decided to start doing these retreats and uh, Lauren and I were going to, you and I are going to do one in, um, in November of this year, excuse me, in October of this year. And we had done already a previous retreat and we're going to continue more of these with, with other women. But the idea behind the retreats is that when you go to conferences, you get the amazingness of the community. You get to feel everything like, yes, I'm part of something. It's big. This is great. And then you go home and you're like, what do I do now? Right. And you forget, <laughs> or you forget, or you forget. And if you go to a regular retreat, like a yoga or mindfulness or meditation or something like that, that's also great as well, but you're not, ne- it's not necessarily personalized to you. So you get a good feeling for a moment. You go back home. You're like, okay, well I'm back in this. And what do I do now? So we wanted to combine the two. We wanted to combine the, the experience of a conference and the knowledge and the workshops and the one-on-one time and meeting new friends and trying biohacking tools, like all of that stuff that you get at a conference and getting that real workshop and, and ability to learn something that you can then take back home all for women. So everything that we're doing in this and these retreats is specifically biohacking for women, because as your entire audience knows, it's a tough space, right? A lot of the things that we're seeing in biohacking is either agnostic to either male or or females, or it seems to be led by by the males in the industry and then not tailored to us as females. So we're trying to change that. That's amazing. I think you're doing such a great job, like you said, bringing two amazing things together. Um, And I actually just got back from a yoga retreat like two days ago. So it's funny timing. And yeah, it was like magical and I felt great. But then you're right. I got back Monday morning and I'm like, all right back in the swing of things, like it's over. That was amazing though. So yeah, I just love what you're doing. And uh, I wish I could be there with the two of you. I know it's going to be absolutely amazing and magical. So a little bit more about the difference between men and women. I know you work with a lot of female clients. Like what are you seeing as kind of like the missing piece for a lot of women in Mm. this health health optimization space? Yeah. Oh, one thing. Uh, Let's see. Or many things, all the things. I, th- I think first and foremost is as yeah, I know that we've talked about on this on this podcast, but really understanding that we as women are very very different every single day of the month, right? Every week of the month, uh, and so if you're cycling, we need to be doing things differently. So it's not the same the ice bath that Laura and I see you doing, you know, on on the first week of your cycle is not the same ice bath that you're doing on the third week of your cycle. I know for me, I do a, a 24 hour fat or a little bit less than a 24 hour fast once a week. And I feel a huge difference every single week based on where I am in my cycle. So I think for women, it's the, the challenge is realizing that that's the norm, that that is what you should be feeling. You should be feeling different every week and that that's not something to be ashamed of. Right. I think with women, so that's a broad, the a kind of one big broad thing. And then how that siphons down to everything. How do you eat? How do you sleep? How do you breathe? Right. Breath work is completely different and how much you can actually oxygenate your, your system is different in different parts of your cycle. Right. How do you want to have sex or don't? Right. Uh, how do you show up in the day? Right. I think every single bit of women's health changes and therefore we need to be open to that changing and, and playing with that. 
right? And remembering that it is a, a fun play. I think the other thing that I see, and, and we kind of started talking about this before we jumped on, is I will typically start with clients. And many of my clients are kind of either entrepreneurs or C-suite executives. So women who are extremely in a stressful situation, don't have a lot of time because they are working so hard, right? And we'll start with them on, okay, what are the what are the lab tests that we need to focus on with you? What are the foods we need to change? What supplements, all that kind of stuff. And that's great. However, a couple of months in, usually, I'll see, we'll get to the next level, which is safety. And whether people, whether that woman feels safe. And that seems very, very strange to say to somebody like, yeah, of course, of course I feel safe. Right? Why wouldn't I? Life's good. I have a good job. Everything's, everything's working, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a house. I have, I have yeah. a house, like all the stuff, right? But if you keep on digging and digging and really start on unpacking that onion, we start to see that many women today do not feel safe, do not feel safe. And that could be for so many reasons. It doesn't, it almost doesn't, not that the reason doesn't matter, but we need to understand what that reason is. And so that we then can, can work on it. But the, at the crux of it, it's your health issues, their health issues end up being not because they're not supplementing enough or sleeping enough or whatever it is, but it's because ultimately, because they don't feel safe, their body is on high alert and therefore their, the supplements that they're taking are not being absorbed as well. All the sleep hacks that we're trying are not working as well. All the things that they're trying to do for perhaps fertility or sexual libido also aren't working as well, right? So when we think about almost like a hierarchy of what we should be focusing on in those women's particular instance, it's let's focus on the big thing of why do you not feel safe? What is it about the environment, the relationships that you're in? Could be romantic, not romantic, could be just in general, when you sit with yourself, with nobody else around you, do you feel safe in that moment? Do you feel comfortable with who you are? And once we start unraveling that and we start saying, oh, okay, well, yeah, actually, I don't feel happy with who I am. I don't feel safe in this body. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to have sex with my partner because I fear that X, Y, Z, right? Whatever it is, right? And that fear is driving them to have those health issues. So biohacking, I think, to get back to your question, Renee, biohacking for women, I find a little different than for men because I don't see as often, not that it's not the case. Of course, men have this as well, but I don't see it as often that men don't have that feeling of safety. Hmm. I would definitely agree. I see that too. And I love that you mentioned that sometimes you have to kind of poke gently and with love, I'm sure, but the subconscious protects us from not seeing things or feeling things that maybe don't feel that we're not ready for, right? Like if you go to therapy, your subconscious is only going to let you go as deep as you're ready to go for that day. And there is an element of kind of like pushing to the edge of discomfort, mm. but I love that. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of women probably hearing this, even after you explaining it, would would still say like, no, I'm safe. I'm safe. So yeah. how do you find, other than just spending a lot of time with a client, maybe what are some like 
key signs? I don't want to use the right word red flag, but what are some indications that maybe you're not safe? Because it could be small traumas that we're living today. It could, ha- it could be something that would happen when we were children or maybe like transgenerationally. Like there's so many different variables here. Yeah. Yeah. How do you start to at least like, I guess, get the buy-in there? Because I find that mm-hmm. with clients too, like if they're not invested or, or, or maybe not convinced about the path, why would they want to spend time there? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question and a tough one. Because again, for me to even be able to have that conversation, they have to trust me. Oh yeah. And if they're not feeling safe with themselves, then how are they going to trust me? Right. And I, if you don't trust yourself, that's another layer too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Especially as a, as a, as a coach, right. Who, who's to say that I'm qualified to even ask these questions. Right. And, and that's a fair question to ask as well, but I am coming wholeheartedly saying I'm here as a mirror, right. Mm-hmm. I'm not teaching you anything. All I'm asking is the questions that maybe you haven't had a chance to ask yourself or you haven't wanted to ask yourself, right? I'll answer a question in a second, but just as an aside, one thing that, that I for myself noticed, and maybe this also answers the question, is when the pandemic started, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. This is not that big a deal. Everything's great. Everything's fine, right? And I think of myself as somebody who's quite resilient to change. I've moved several times, many times I've, you know, I've, 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 I'm just, I find myself to be quote unquote, again, air quotes, resilient to change. And where I noticed it was in my sleep metrics, Hmm. right? So if somebody is wearing an aura ring or a bio strap or any of these wearables, I noticed it as my HRV plummeted right around the time of the pan, when the pandemic was going on. Right. And I was living at the time in California where in the evenings, they were having these either, we don't know what they were still, but there were kind of blasts going off from 10 p.m. till 3 a.m. in the morning around in, in the Oakland Hills area. And my nervous system was literally saying, something's going on. What is this, right? Whereas I thought that I was plenty fine. So I think that these wearables can give us an insight as to whether our nervous system is not coping, right? Mm-hmm. And so there could be something. I think the other, the other question that I find is, can you sit with yourself and be bored, <laughs> right? Can you sit with yourself and just let those thoughts come and not have the to-do list and not realize, and not have that, you know, that I'm, I'm like, it's that, it's that breathing up top, right? Of I, I got to get this done. I got to get this done or else what, what is going to happen if you don't get that done today? Right. If all of a sudden I called you girls up and said, guys, I can't do the podcast today. Well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yes, I'm going to feel a failure. Right. Many people will have that feeling of failure, feeling of, oh, I, I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And that those little stories that we tell ourselves cause us to not feel safe. Right. So it's that it's that cycle of I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be there for them. They're not going to like me. If they don't like me, I'm not going to get the next one. And it's all in that rat race of, I need to keep going, keep going. Right. I can't, I, that finish line always moves, always moves forward to a, to an unachievable place potentially. Right. So I think the answer to your question is it really varies per person, but it is, it's how are you sleeping? How are you breathing? Again, if you're not breathing well, that is a sign 
that is a sign that something is going wrong. That is a sign that you don't feel comfortable because when we see something gorgeous, right? You're standing in that and you're watching that sunrise and it's amazing. (gasps) You take a deep breath in and it's beautiful, right? You slow down your breath work. It's an intention and it's an unintentional thing that your body does because it feels safe, Mm -hmm. right? When you aren't, you're having the shallow breath. You're having a small breath. Which is interesting because Lauren and I, our respiratory rate when we sleep tends to be a little higher. So I think we're maybe digging into something that we'll have to explore. So if, if a woman realizes that she doesn't feel safe, et cetera, what does she do? Other than come to the Dominican Republic with the two of you. <laughs> come to the DR. Get on down. We it's will fix you. That's <laughs> you will fix yourself. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a multifactorial process, right? Because it depends, right? Are we talking? And Lauren, you and I talk about this all the time. Are we talking big T trauma or little T trauma? And mm-hmm. trauma is a word that is extremely, I hate the word. I don't use the word hate often, but I hate that word because even trauma. Me, yeah. It's everywhere it's on Instagram. It's it is a trigger. Instagram. It's such a trigger for me. Like the second somebody says, oh, well, yeah, you're dealing with trauma. First off, that's a really annoying connotation that it, it, it just, I don't like how that comes off. And my immediate reaction is very defensive, mm. very defensive because what trauma? What are you talking about? No, I had a great, I had a great childhood. I had, I've had great relationships. I'm fine. Right. So it's, so for me, even the word trauma needs to be kind of dug into to say, all right, what does that look like? Why is that even annoying to you? And so I think from a safety perspective, your, your, your question, Renee, is what do people do? So if you start to realize, yes, I'm all right, my sleep is showing me that I'm more stressed. My breath work, I can't even fathom or I hate the idea to sit down and do breath work because it makes me so uncomfortable, right? To slow down my breathing makes me uncomfortable, which that in of itself is a sign that something's going on because you don't want to relax into a slower breath, right? So once you've realized that, if you've realized that, then to me, it becomes starting to do the the work of where is this coming from, right? And evaluating different elements of your life. So looking to see your job, right? That's where most people spend their time. Your job, is it something that gives you joy? Is it something that stresses you the hell out? Is it something that you're doing for financial gains or for, I need to do this because I got the degree and therefore I need to do it because everybody else thinks that I should do it uh, because it's a, a prestige thing, right? I was a management consultant for nine years. Right now I would be in a really cozy position and I would be hating my life. <laughs> I would just not be very happy, right? And so think about the thing that you spend the most time at. Is it giving you joy or is it giving you mo- mostly anxiety? What parts of it are giving you anxiety? Is it, the, is it the boss? Is it something, is it overworking? So a lot of times I'll see that a lot of health coaches are doing too much, way too much, right? Because we love what we do so much, we want to give it to everybody. And then in doing so, we burn out, right? <laughs> Which is, I've been there. And the question then becomes, all right, so you don't feel safe because, again, it's not because of the job per se. It's because you don't feel like you're giving to enough people. 
perhaps, right? I'm, I'm, I'm making this up as we're going along, but that could be a, a, a reason, right? I'm not giving enough. I'm done doing enough. Again, it says who, right? Who has created that story? Is it because of in, the number of Instagram followers you want? Is it because, or is it because, you know, you haven't gotten to an X, an X level that you see somebody ahead of you or a peer, right? Really digging into that because that's going to be, again, causing you, if you're feeling unsafe, better believe it. Your Dutch hormonal panel test will show me that, right? Your skin will show me that. Oh, yeah. Your, like your microbiome will show me that. They're all of these things show up in your labs for sure. And so being an amazing health coach, for example, or giving, being an amazing mother and over giving, always being there for your husband, your family, your kids, giving, 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 giving until you have nothing left to give. That is the fodder for every health ailment that you're going to have. That's why we see so many women with thyroid problems, with autoimmune diseases, with my mom, breast cancer, thyroid cancer, wanting to do too much for everybody else, right? So it's really, I think, Renee, it's an, it's an, an evaluation of multiple parts of your life to really find where is that stress coming from or where is that unease? It could be not a job. It could be a relationship right? It could be some, a friend. I know that I've had to, to fire friends, <laughs> uh, because it was, it was a friendship that was a lot of taking and not so much giving. And that hurts. It hurts to, to stop that friendship or to fizzle it out. But when I did it intentionally and said, yeah, you know, I'll meet them where they're at, but I'm not going to continue giving, 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 giving that energy. When every single time I do, I feel depleted. Yeah. Right? No, that, that choice feeling. is just so difficult until you've done the work with the self-talk of, am I enough? Because you'll just keep finding situations where you'll, you'll overgive. Even if you do fire a friend, if you haven't done that resolution within yourself, you're going to find somewhere else to do it. So I think that's fascinating. And especially with women, the overgiving, so the heart center, the chest area, and then with thyroid stuff in the throat communication, not communicating, that's a big part of what we're going to do together in the retreat, which I'm excited about because, you know, it is important to find out maybe root cause where is this coming from, because it's a great exploration, a great conversation, but then what do you do about it? A lot of times it gets stored in the body, right? And that's the conversation we have a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah there's the, the body keeps the score. So how do we look at the body and see how that's showing up? Like, how are you standing? Are you leaning too far forward? Is your chest closed off? is your posture affected because you're not afraid, sorry, you are afraid to speak your truth. You're, you're too afraid to receive and you're too much in the giving. And that shows up so much in your alignment, yes. statically, dynamically. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I, everything that you're saying, I personally can't even wait for our retreat because I want to learn this from you more too, because I see it. Um, my, um, my partner, he works with a lot of people to open, open the chest up. Because that chest feeling is that leadership, is that showing up. Because many women, and, and in general, when we don't feel safe, what do you do? You have to protect and you cower in. And you protect the, the most sensitive organs of your body. You protect your heart. You protect your gut. So you, you, you cave in. And when we mm -hmm. cave in, it ends up being that we, we have those micro cave-ins. And so that's where we see somebody sitting a little hunched over. A lot of women also, when they, when, I mean, Amy Cuddy had that Ted talk of, you know, stand, stand tall and proud. There's been a little bit of our science has been de debunked, but, but there is truth to it. 
if you if you open up your shoulders, if you if you kind of stand in that power position, it will just like breath work. If you slow down your breath work, it'll slow down your brain. If you stand in a position like that, it'll slow down your brain to say, I am powerful. I am worthwhile. I am allowed to sit at this table. And I think that's, that's what I found as well. I know that many times women, at least in consulting, banking, those being a lawyer, those types of industries, they're one of one or maybe one of two women in the room. And it's very common for women to sit back and not say their point of view, or they'll sit there, they'll, they'll cross their arms, right? They'll, they'll put one arm over the other, one arm, exactly, Renee, as you're sitting like that, um, which is, which is on, with a hand on your cheek or a hand underneath, um, their legs are crossed. So everything about their body language is crossed and closed mm. versus if you think about men, many times they're, if you're watching the, the YouTube, I'm kind of like pulling back, they're sitting back, right? They're doing yeah. that. Legs wide open. Legs wide open. <laughs> They're taking up space, right? And that's not seen as womanly. That's not seen as feminine. And yet in reality, how do we, we can do that in different ways. We can do that. Like right now I'm sitting, my, I, my, my legs are crossed, but my arms are open, right? I am taking up space. And even from a, as an animal perspective, what do animals do when they feel safe, when they feel uh, that they're the alpha, they take up space because they know that nobody else is going to come into their space. And so could we as women start to embody that a little bit more and take up more space there? For example, small little things that we can be doing when you're in the grocery store, stand a little bigger, stand a little taller, see if you can even project your presence a little bit more forward. Right? So it, it creates this kind of bubble around you. You know how we had during COVID the six foot thing around you? Well, most of the time when I'm walking around, that six foot happens anyways, because there's an energy that I put out, right? And it's not, to some people could say, oh, that's an energy of aggression or bitchiness. No, it's not. It's an energy of I'm here. I'm interested and open, but don't get into my bubble, please. And thank you. Mm, like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> please and thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and I, one just quick story, because I know we have to probably move on, but I took this, I took this course when I was 18 and it was called model mugging. And the intention was it was to be able to teach young girls how to defend themselves as they're going into college. So if something were to happen, um, you know, you get your hair pulled back, try somebody tries to grab your, your purse, something happens in the dorm room, whatever it is. Right. And for those 12 weeks, all of us were able to go full on punch, scream, yell, do whatever it was on this, this mannequin, this man who was huge. And he just looked like the Michelin man because he was just padded everywhere. So we'd go full, full, full on. Right. And it was amazing. And the thing that I took from that was, I still remember to this day, and this is years ago, they just said, make sure to take up space. And so if you're standing at a bus stop, for example, make a, take up space and use your voice. If you're standing at a bus stop, and somebody comes a little closer to you or, or at, um, you know, you're standing in line to get into a bar or into, into a club, right? And somebody stands and gets a little too close and you don't like it, right? Step a little away, look straight at them or her, could be a her too, right? Next time, if they move a little closer and I'm going to get allowed, so forgive me, but no. And that, and it doesn't have to be too loud and too crazy. 
but it's just a quick, it's a quick little slap to just say, you're in my bubble. I don't like this back off. Right. And I think that we, as women, we've forgotten to do that because again, that scene is really rude. Right. But if we do that, if we are able to set that boundary and be a little loud, if we need to, then we can be more comfortable to be safe because we know that we can then protect ourselves. Right. Yeah. Like cats do it all the time. <laughs> you come up to a cat, you pat it. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I don't really want to be, be, be patted. It scratches you just a little bit, or it gives you a little, a little annoyance. We should be more like cats. <laughs> oh, I know. I've met Renee's cats. Stay away from me. Meow. And I'm a dog person. <laughs> yeah. The meow actually sounds like a no. Right? It does. <laughs> yeah. Especially and, Max's. No. Yeah. And you know that you're not going to ma- mess with Max. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, animals smell fear. So yeah, it is respecting boundaries. But also, like, if your nervous system is telling the story of I'm afraid, I'm afraid, the other will will feel that, sense that. Yep. I think it doesn't always have to be when you're in danger. It could just be everyday relations. It could just be asking for what you want, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it could be, you know, you, you have everybody sitting at the table, for example, and there's six people at the table, and you really wanted to sit next to that other person. Do something about it. Because otherwise, at the end of the night, you're like, damn, I really wanted to talk to that person, but I wasn't able to because it was not polite. And I got, I, I sat on the other side of the table, blah, blah, do something, right? Mm-hmm. This, this life is short and, and it, there's no room for that. Oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And this, the, the more that we start practicing that muscle, the easier it becomes, the easier it becomes. There was, there's somebody, I cannot remember who it was, but they said, every time you go to a coffee store, coffee shop. Ask them if, they're, if they can give you a discount. You know that the answer is going to be no, right? It's, I mean, it's Starbucks, right? Be like, hi, could I get a discount? And the answer is going to be no, but at least you're training that muscle, right? To be like, to have fun with it. Say no, right? Same thing. Hey, actually, can I, at the dinner table, I want to go sit next to you. Can I sit there? Can I swap seats with you? Most people will say yes. Yeah. Right. But it, it's, it's us that are stopping ourselves. Because, oh, well, I, I guess I shouldn't. Or I, I'll talk to him later and maybe, 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 maybe tomorrow. I'll have coffee with him tomorrow. No, tomorrow might not come, right? Or tomorrow he might be busy or whatever it is, right? Take that time right now and just say, hey, why don't, why don't we play a game of musical chairs, right? Yeah. I want to yeah. sit there. Like, we all want to talk, talk to each other too, right? Make it a fun thing. But I think getting over that, that potential rejection is something that, that we all need to try as well. Yeah. I will say my husband's really good at that just asking for discounts everywhere we go. And I'm like, why would they give us a discount? And he'll ask and then he'll get it. And I'm like, how did you just do that? If you don't ask. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. It's amazing. And I he's mean, that's not why he's in as, sales. Right. And he's not seen as, as bitchy or, you know, trying to get too much. It's just like, yeah, I don't why, think why, so. why wouldn't, why wouldn't I ask for it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if we do get better at this asking and speaking up, I mean, how does that impact our health? What changes do we see? Hey, biohackers, a brief pause from today's podcast to share with you our new fave in the quantification space. We love our data and tracking our favorite metric heart rate variability. And this process has just gotten a huge upgrade with Hanu Health. The Hanu Health Tracker helps to improve our stress resilience and cognitive performance by giving us real-time feedback about HRV in response to food, exercise, stress, talking, 
lounging, working, basically anything during our waking hours. Normally we track HRV overnight. And of course we can't really make changes while we're sleeping. With this real time feedback during the day, we have agency to actually make optimal lifestyle changes and become more resilient. With more resilience, that means we can handle daily stressors much more easily while we get stronger and more superhuman. Yeah. And we always say you can't hack what you can't track, right? And of course, having that overnight data is really helpful, but our HRV should be higher when we're sleeping. But you're right. What is it doing during the day when you're prepping for a podcast or eating that meal, you know, or going to the gym? So I really enjoy it because it's kind of like a CGM for your stress levels. And you know how much we love using CGM data. So this is going to be the latest and greatest in getting that real-time data that you can take action on. The best part about this tracker and its app is that it gives us breathwork exercises to change our HRV. So say you're going to work out and you see your sympathetic nervous system kicking in, which it should during a workout, your HRV is going to go down. The best way to strengthen HRV post-workout is to do a quick breathwork exercise. So the app actually kind of gamifies this whole process and holds us accountable, similar to the CGM, like Renee mentioned. I think it's so much fun. And it's really awesome to see how much power we have into changing our physiology with just something free like breath work. I've never seen an app give such immediate, powerful data. And I think this is going to be a huge game changer, not just for biohackers, but everyone that is wanting to optimize their health. Yeah. And I will add that the stress resiliency score is also really motivating because, you know, whether you have a high HRV or low HRV, that doesn't really matter, but what's the variability in the HRV? Like how quickly can you get it to come up or come down? And that's where that score comes in. So I'm always striving to get that score even higher. And like you said, best way to do that is breath work and <laughs> the breath work uh, options on there are really cool. Whether you want to do box breathing or resonance breathing, it's all catered to what you need in the moment. If you want to check out the Hanu Health Tracker, they have so graciously offered us a discount. You can get 40% off with code BABES40 through September 30th. Just go to hanuhealth.com. Again, the code is BABES40, active through September 30th. All right, biohackers, let's get back to the show. Everything. I, I have seen it in everything. Weight and I know loss? That's, <laughs> no, it's... Weight loss. Well... The thing is, I see it most, I mean, I see it most in hormones, right? That's the, that's usually the first thing or in thyroid health. Like once I've, I'll, I like on a Dutch a panel. panel, yeah, either a Dutch panel. Yeah. Most I'll do Dutch panels. So usually on a Dutch, um, you also see the cortisol change, uh, changes in the cortisol levels, um, mm -hmm. within the Dutch, you might see changes in your melatonin as well. Right. Um, because those two are, are, are fairly linked. And then from a thyroid health as well, that I see usually, that one, again, it, it from a vocalization and speaking out, it's it's just thyroid levels end up normalizing. So if your TSH is too high, it ends up it ends up coming back down. Again, this is not a foolproof. This is not the only thing, but I find that when this happens, if this happens with someone and they're supporting it with good food and all the other things that we're doing, the two just have a synergistic effect and the two work a lot better together right? Yeah. Sexual libido comes back because again, now if I'm, if I'm able to ask for a discount and somebody gives it to me, what did I just get? A whole bunch of dopamine, right? <laughs> what did I, what am I now feeling? Oh, I feel pretty good. Like, okay, well, he just gave me a discount. Yeah. Right, I'm going to ask again. And I'm going to ask again. And you, you know, and all of a sudden, <laughs> then you come into the bedroom and you're like, Hey, 
well, hi, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> hi. <laughs> it just feels different, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, Renee, it's, I, I said everything and there obviously is a, t- a grain of salt, but it, it, yeah. it just depends on what the woman is struggling with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it could be that again, if she's struggling with sexual libido, this all of a sudden writes itself or helps to, to get, to get more normalized. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And how much of a connection just directly to the nervous system is that? Do you want to talk about HPA axis? Like what's actually happening changes in the brain or the nervous system? Yeah. So. So your HPA axis, um, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal, which I'm sure everybody who listens is well aware of, and the HPO axis, which is the hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis, very similar or very um, parallel, I guess. And they're extremely, extremely sensitive to stress and cortisol, right? So if, if we're thinking about our cortisol, again, if our, if our nervous system is always buzzing high, and we never get to relax because we're always on edge and we always don't feel safe, then our cortisol levels are extremely high. Our adrenals get burnt out. So your HPA axis gets burnt out, right? And therefore you, like in my case, I had, after my last concussion, my, because my brain was so, so on edge and so stressed out, my Dutch test, my adrenals, my cortisol levels were just flatlined completely mm-hmm. and totally flatlined, uh, which somebody who may be new to this would think, oh, my cortisol, level, cortisol levels are low. That's great. Not so good, right? Um, it's actually showing us that our adrenals, which should be pumping, kind of giving us a pump of, of cortisol and adrenaline to, to deal with the day and then coming back down, mine were pump, pumping it so much and so hard and so fast that at one point they could not give out anymore. Oh, so so because, much inflammation. Yep. And because I was so flatlined, my entire system was overloaded. And so if that's the case, which is very, very common, again, if people are very stressed or don't feel safe, or I've had a lot of ACE scores, um, adverse childhood events, then because they're so flatlined, they are the types of women who should not potentially be going into an ice bath. They should not be doing HIIT trainings. They should not be overdoing it. They should probably not be doing all these nootropics because they're blitzing their brain with support, but they're not addressing the root cause, right? So going in, in terms of thinking about the HPA axis, we really need to be thinking about what are the things that you need to reset and undo so that your adrenals can say, oh, all right, I am okay, <laughs> right? My entire system is okay. And therefore I can start pumping out a little bit of cortisol again. And so most clients that I see they're the types of people who are doing a Peloton every single day. <laughs> they're doing, they're doing massive training over and over and over again. They're having two, three cups of coffee. They're maybe taking some, some nootropics as well. They're overdoing it. They're completely overdoing it. And when I tell them, okay, so for the next six weeks, you're only going to be doing a yin yoga. You're only going to be swimming. And you're not going to be swimming very fast. <laughs> you're good, right? You're not going to be trying to get <laughs> the worst news ever to a client. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? but how am I going to manage my stress? Oh, you're going to be doing breath work. God damn it. <laughs> it's just yeah. the worst news ever. And if they continue and they follow through, then six weeks later, usually we see an improvement. Yeah. 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 I was, so I was important. the same with my cortisol, just totally flat. And 
one of the big game changers for me was this thing called the life force now called the light portal, but it was the first thing that put my, forced my body into a parasympathetic state for an hour. Yep. What a shocker. (laughs) And how how did that feel? Oh, it felt amazing. I would come out of there like a completely different person. I'd be calm, energized, focused, creative, but I had never experienced that feeling Mm -hmm. until I found that device. That was probably 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was in a sympathetic state all day, every day. And like you said, my cortisol was probably really high at some point. I didn't test it. By the time I did test it, it was gone. In the tanker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love and that you mentioned creativity, Renee, because creativity does not happen in fight or flight sympathetic. You have to be downregulated. And creativity yeah. is where we get all of our problem solving. If you really want to be successful and have solutions, not in fight or flight. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And, it's, and it's interesting because many people, because they've been in fight or flight for so many years, that was the reason I asked Renee, what, how did you feel? Many people will say, I don't like this feeling when we actually calm them down. Right. I can see that. This is weird. It's like putting on a new jacket that I I don't like. It's way too big for me. (laughs) Right. I'm used to having a really tight jacket. And now all of a sudden you're giving me a really loose jacket. This doesn't look good on me. This doesn't feel good. Right. And, and it takes some time and it potentially, because there's, there's so many wearables out there as well right now that could help as well. And, and adaptogens, the, the two that I really, really, really like is Kava. Um, so true Kava is the one that, that I use, um, with a lot of clients because again, it, it's like nature Xanax is how they call it. Right. And it literally calms the nervous system down. Newcom. I know Lauren, I was talking to you about this before, but Newcom has been tremendous as well. And you and then sensate. Um, that's another company that has, it's, it's a fight. It's a little tiny pendant that kind of vibrates and you put it onto your chest and for 10 minutes a day, they say, and this is, they had done some study, just 10 minutes a day for six weeks, increased HRV for 95% of the participants who were there, who did it, right? Wow. Just by having a little tiny thing on your chest that vibrates. And the intention is to stimulate or simulate, excuse me, a, a cat purring and how good you feel with that, right? Mm. So, um, Do you know how there. the Sensate compares to the Apollo? Yeah. So I, I've tried both. I like both. It's a personal preference, really. It's the same, it's the same Same concept, same concept. Exactly. The only difference is that the sensate, because it's sitting on your chest cavity, it's kind of creating a, like it's, it's vibrating bigger and creating a resonant field around you. And so for some people, they say they feel it more in my case, when I wore the Apollo on my wrist or my ankle, the level of the vibration wasn't strong enough or, or big enough. And so I felt like I didn't feel it at all. And so it could be that, you know, the, the science does not say that you have to feel it as in it could be subperceptual or you forget about it and yet it's still having the effect. But for me, from a calming my system down, I find, I personally like the sensei a little bit more. Uh, it also is that with the sensei, I typically will actually lie down, put it on for 10 minutes so similar to Newcom, the fact that I'm actually lying down and shutting off has a, has a nice synergistic effect. Have right. you ever worn it out as jewelry? I have. <laughs> because and it looks like a stone. I mean, it's, it's large for a necklace, but I, the last time I saw you, I was like, oh, you could go out. Yeah, it's not heavy? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's in the other room. I'll, I'll show you guys. Oh, I always but, thought it was heavy. Um, 
No, it's, it's funny. Fine. Like I wore it. I wore it once at a conference when I was just, I don't know, just just feeling a little down and not wanting to be around people, frankly. And I was at a conference, so I needed to be there and yeah, it was fine. I just kind of wore it. And, and yes, most people will, most people ask what it is. (laughs) So if you took it out and wore it out at night, maybe you're in like New York or Vegas, people wouldn't care because I think there's like a lot of big jewelry in New York and Vegas, but in Boston, people definitely took notice. <laughs> That's like I used to wear conversation my conversation starter. Yeah. Oh yeah. I used to wear my happy for for a couple months I would wear it everywhere and oh everyone would be like what is that around your neck? Yeah. 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 I mean it's that's how cute. the biohacking movement's going to grow. Take it's this. true. It's a public. <laughs> yeah, that and then yeah. transcriptions with the blue tongue and, and you've definitely got some new friends at the bar. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. The blue sure. tongue is the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> such good marketing. So I love to circle back to the retreat and kind of bring this home as, as how we're going to bring all this together. I know for us as practitioners, the integration piece is really important. You mentioned that earlier, like when you go most retreats and I'm sure there's plenty of amazing retreats that do have integration, but, um, I don't think that that's always a given. And we feel very strongly that we want you to go home and know how to integrate this into your everyday life. So you're not just stressed Monday morning again. Can you explain a little bit about how we're going to do that post or even just while we're at the retreat, we're going to start weaving that in. And then how does that come back into play at home? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, well, the, the retreat actually starts before you get here, right? So we're going to have a, um, a Zoom call so that everybody gets to know each other because before you even get here, we want you to feel comfortable as well. Again, feel safe. You're coming to a different country. Maybe you haven't traveled in the past two years. Maybe you don't know where you're coming or what you're doing. So we want you, it could be that you're flying. We had last time several women who were flying from New York. And so they saw each other in the airport, like, yeah, that's amazing. Right. So you already have some friends as you're coming down during the retreat itself. There's so much that we've jam packed into it and also let you have some time on your own, because I find that both Laura and remember when we were talking about the other retreat that you've gone to, it's, this is great, but I didn't get that much time on my own. And I really wanted to experience more of the country that I was going to. Right. So we baked in a day, a half day to experience and explore the Dominican countryside. And there's a waterfall that will just calm you down like crazy. Right. It's this beautiful, beautiful waterfall. Um, no tourists really ever go there. Uh, and we just, we get to spend as much time as we want there and sit under the waterfall, enjoy the music and the music of the waterfalling. But then after all the workshops and the good food and the retreat itself, when you come home, we are going to make sure that we have a couple of calls to integrate you back home. So it's not just, oh, you came to DR, bye, sayonara, the end, right? It's, all right, you've come back, you've been back for two weeks what's come up for you? Did you forget that movement that we did? What did you do when that, when that situation came up with your family member and you wanted to strangle her, right? Okay. What was the, did you, did you incorporate tapping? Did you incorporate a specific movement? What happened or perhaps what happened after you had a traumatic small T potentially um, traumatic instance? What, what tool did you, did you use that you learned on the retreat that you, that you couldn't, you wouldn't have done before? Right. So it's that integration back when you come back home to say, we're still here for you. We still got you. The nine other women who are coming will be on the call as well. Whoever wants to join, 
of that group can be on the call and we together can support you. Because I think that that's one of the big things that's missing within this health journey, right? Lauren, when, when we went to New York the other week and we had that women's biohacking night, many of the women showed up because they're saying, I really like this biohacking space, but I don't have a lot of friends in this space, mm-hmm. right? And they're looking for like-minded women who are equally questioning and curious and wanting to dig more and are not grossed out by, you know, by these types of conversations and, and want to live a healthy life and perhaps don't want to be in, don't want to always have to resort to drinking, you know, on a Friday and a Saturday night, right. They're looking for the alternatives. And I think that that's, that community is a huge part of this retreat and of what, what in general is needed amongst women biohackers. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just add on to the integration piece. A big part of the retreat is going to be learning tools that you can take home. So we're not just exercising for exercising sake, but we're exploring our own bodies because once you learn certain things about your posture, how you hold yourself, how you move, you can't unsee or unfeel those things. And so we're not just going to show up and do animal flow. We're going to show up and we're going to look, how are your shoulders in space? How is your chest in space? And then we're going to learn ways to really personalize that. So it's the beauty of one-on-one and the group community, which I love so much. That's what helps me because I really need to focus on the integration piece as well. And I mean, that's what we talk about in the podcast a lot. We want to empower you because you said in the beginning, Dasha, like we're not going to fix you. We're going to be the mirror and we're going to give you the tools and strategies to do it on your own. That's really where the magic comes in is being able to do it on your own. And so that'll be our hope. Mm -hmm. and our goal Mm and our time together. So make sure you go home with, you know, a bag, a bag full of resources. Yeah. Because all of this, all of this stuff that, that we're doing, it only works if you actually do it, right. It only works. (laughs) Small detail. (laughs) Very small. Yeah. I spent these meetings. Breath works amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've been reading about it. Uh Uh-huh. But but, but have you done it? I did it once. I did it (laughs) once. I won. So I'm a superhero now. Yeah. Yeah. Got the photo. Yeah. And so like, I, I like this idea, Lauren, and I love when we were in New York as well, just even sitting with you and you being like, okay, and your left shoulder a little bit more. I'm like, damn, how did she see that my left shoulder was caving in more? Like she sees this. Ah, (laughs) and you're so good at that. You're just so good at it. You, you've worked on so many, with so many people that it's like things for me that I'm still learning, right. You just nail in on it. You like hone in on it quick. And so I'm just excited even to be part of and help you with, with the workshops that you'll be doing because yeah, like I said, we're all learning from each other. So I get to learn from you too. Yes. And when biohacker babes has a retreat, we'll, we'll be calling you as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> done and done. Happy yeah. to help. Happy to plan. How to have to be part of. Love it. Goals for sure. Ladies, when is the retreat? What are the dates? Oh yeah. October 26th to the 30th. So it's five days. And if you're interested, we're going to do calls. So you would sign up for a discovery call with both Dasha and I. It's really important that we meet you and make sure that this is a good fit. Of course, like come one, come all, but we want to start that relationship sooner than later. So the book a call just so we can get to know you. You can get to know us, ask all of your questions and we'll, we'll take it from there, but it's in the there's, There's 10 women. So we've kept it small because we really want to make sure that you have dedicated time, attention, and get to spend time with Lauren and myself as well, 
right? Um, so we'll be there the entire time. So during dinners, during time off, come and ask us your questions, whatever they may be, right? But again, it's 10 women and 10 women only. If you want to bring a friend, uh, then both of you guys will get $250 off, each of you. Uh, and in terms of the accommodation, so when you when you land in DR, that's when we start taking care of you, right? So you'll get picked up from the airport. We'll go straight to your to your home, which your home is literally on the water. It's absurd. It's amazing. Mm. I love it. And then that same day, like an hour later, we're going to do breath work and ice bathing. The reason being because you've just come from a flight and you have all this EMF toxicity, and we really want you just to be grounded, get into the retreat and get started quickly. So, and then we're off to the races. And the next four days is movement, talks, workshops, time alone, time with massage therapists, just time for you. Awesome. So amazing. So much more we could share, but we're at the end of our time. So we'll offer that we are doing some IG lives for Q&A. So we'll share those dates. And Dasha, do you want to share resources on how everyone can find you, not just for your retreats, but you, the magic (laughs) yourself? Sure. Yeah. I'm not too active on Instagram, but I do respond to all messages, uh, underscore dash of health. Uh, so an underscore then dash of health is my, uh, is my Instagram. And then anything to do with wealth co, which is the women's biohacking community that we have is whealth.community or the Instagram is at wealth.co. Amazing. Great. And before we wrap up, can you share with our listeners just one final piece of advice, something they can do to start optimizing here and Ooh. now? Take time. Take more time. Stop rushing. Because when we stop rushing, we actually get to see, see a little bit of potential magic that we may have run by. So if you can just embed a little bit more time into whatever it is, if it's breath work, if it's having a cup of tea with your mom, if it's lingering on a phone call with a friend, if it's, you know, whatever it is, just luxuriate a little bit more because we're just constantly rushing around all of us. And that is only pres like there's a book called the rushing woman syndrome, which talks about that a lot. So read that book as well. Oh, done and done. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> I never hear that advice enough. So thank you. All of ours. Dasha, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to chat with you thank and you. excited for our retreat. So oh, cannot wait. Cannot thanks wait. Thanks for and, hanging out with And for seeing you and Jeremy together down there. Yes. He is coming to uh, do his own thing and also to serve <laughs> when needed. So good. So good. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, you have to come down for the next one. Or even definitely. for this one. <laughs> I yeah. will definitely get down there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween is really important in the Bell's household. So next one. Uh, all right. Well, to some, <laughs> to some. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It's very impressive what you guys okay. do. Thank you. All right, ladies. Dasha, thanks for joining us today. And thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking.
This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.